Uh, clearly, uh, the work that Ripon does is incredibly important, and, and so thanks to all of you for, uh, for what you do, trying to make certain that we, that we uh, have as large a group of support as possible. Uh, that's the only way to truly win elections, and uh, uh, if we're going to put in place the policies that all of us hold dear, uh, we've got to have a broad spectrum of the American people being supportive of our effort, and, and, and you're part and parcel uh, of that. Uh, I do want to apologize a bit for my voice. We've got a little spring cold that I'm hanging on to, and, and uh, uh, so if, it's a, if it sounds a little too raspy, um, I apologize. I don't think I'm contagious, so uh, if, if, uh, if you happen to get ill, I'll, I'll, I will try to find a doctor for you. <laughs> you don't want an orthopod treating you, though, by the way. Um, really unsettled times, troubled times uh, right now for, for our, our nation. Um, it, it, it just feels like things aren't clicking on all cylinders. Um, and and the, one of the byproducts of that has been fascinating that, that we have sensed um, and been confronted with over the past couple of months. I think I'm up to uh, six or seven members of the House of Representatives who at some point during the past couple of months have come up to me on the floor and said, uh, hey, you got a couple minutes? Sure. And you sit down and you can almost tell, after, after the first two, you can almost tell the, the, the posture and the tone of the voice. And, and uh, I think all of these folks have been elected since 2010. Um, and, and they say something like, is this what this is really all about? Um, is, this, is this what we do? and a huge frustration about just what it is that they gave up and, and each of them run through what they were doing before and how they loved what they were doing before and, and how they gave that up because they wanted to, to come to Washington and, and help solve big problems. That's what we come to Washington for. Um, and they just haven't sensed that this has been a fulfilling venture for them over the past two, four, six years. Now that's that ought to be troubling to all of us, troubling to me, but it ought to be troubling to all of us because if we if, if, if we get good men and women who, who commit to public service um, and and find the, the, the wherewithal and the path and the strategy to be able to be, get elected um, and come to Washington and then go home and what they will go home with is is the message to a lot of folks is that that place ain't working and it's not worth your time. Uh, which is a really troubling message. Uh, it, it, I think that um, breeds uh, some of the cynicism, or would expand some of the cynicism that we're sensing across the country. So, uh, when you're talking with folks who, who you probably have had some of those conversations and they and they voice a little concern, I, I want to urge you to uh, lift them up and give them a hug and say, "No, what you're doing is important because it is." Um, and and what we need to do is make certain that uh, that that we're uh, allowing people. The opportunity to expand what they're able to do here, and, and part of that is is a, a fraternity, sorority um, a group of folks here who are supporting people, who good folks, who have uh, left uh, left a lot of uh, a lot at home uh, and have, uh, have given the sacrifice. If 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 we think about um, where we are right now, uh, politically, but also uh, economically, um, I, th I think the two have a significant nexus. I can't remember, Jim, whether I mentioned uh, the last time I was here um, my, kind of a theory that I had. I think it has been borne out. Um, and that is that, that after the 08, 09 uh, crisis, debacle, downturn, challenge, recession, whatever you want to call it, uh, 
there, the, the, the left had this narrative that they were pushing, uh, that the reason that that happened was that there was a, that, that free market capitalism failed um, and that there was too little regulation. You've heard this, I suspect. Um, many of you are battling uh, uh, this every single day. Uh, and they, uh, narratives that take hold in our society are dynamic. They come and they, they, they wax and they wane depending on the occurrences of the day. Uh, but let me suggest to you that that narrative has taken hold in, in a significant way. So much so that one of the leading candidates and an individual still remains in the presidential race on the Democratic side is, is a self-proclaimed socialist and is gaining huge support among our uh, kids and our grandkids. Uh, ought to concern us all, by the way. Um, but if we believe, if we believe as a society that free market capitalism hasn't succeeded and that there's too little regulation, then we all lose. Every one of us lose. In fact, I would suggest every single American loses because then all of the solutions do something to tamp down on free market capitalism and increase regulation. So how's that working? Uh, and that's what we've had basically the last uh, seven or eight years. It's, it, it, is a, it is a leadership, it is a culture, it is a, uh, a, a, a certain sector of um, our federal government now who firmly believes that free market capitalism has failed or is failing or doesn't work, uh, even worse. Um, and that more regulation is, is needed. Uh, so when you see um, the growth rate over the last quarter of 0.5%, um, something caused that. Now, there, you know, these things go up and down as well, but we've had an average growth rate of around 2% for the last eight years uh, in, in this country. The average growth rate for the last 40 or 50 years is 3.2%. So we're off about 30 to 40% in terms of growth in our economy. Now, what that means is that, that uh, when, when, when the economy is tamped down to that degree, then what's happening out in the real world is that there aren't jobs for folks to, to, to get in, in the areas that they want. Kids come out of college without the ability to find jobs in, 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 their, in their field of uh, endeavor. Um, Full-time full work goes to part-time work. Um, dreams get tamped down. Horizons get, get narrowed. Um, the kinds of things that we want to, we, that we want, that we say that we want to expand and, 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 and encourage opportunity and encourage uh, a success um, are, are challenged uh, because the economy is sitting down here in the doldrums. And you've begun to see over the last couple uh, months or so the narrative coming out of the White House and elsewhere is that 2% is pretty, that's all right. It's all right. Uh, let me encourage you to push back hard on that. 2% is, is, it doesn't work for our society and cannot work to allow all of the things that we believe uh, to, to thrive and, and, and to survive. So, um, where do we go? Um, Paul is, is uh, Speaker Ryan is, is a dear friend and, and, and a, as you, you know well, he's just a policy wonk, which is a wonderful thing. Uh, didn't want the job, and as uh, I've told folks, uh, it's probably a good, good person to pick who doesn't want the job at this point because uh, herding cats in this town is, a, is a, a huge challenge and if anybody can do it, it's somebody who didn't want the job in the first place, I promise you. Uh, but what he has said, it, and, and I agree wholeheartedly, is that uh, it, as we run through the next six months, this election that is going to be unlike any election we've ever seen, um, if we have a personality contest, then everybody loses and I suspect we do too. <laughs> 
Uh, if, however, we have a race based upon policy solutions, um, then we got a chance. Then we got a fighting chance because uh, I believe that the vast majority of the American people are on our side on policy, but we tend not to be able to articulate it in a way that either hits their ear well or makes sense. <laughs> um, so what we've got to do is, is articulate it in a way that, that captures their imagination and, and, uh, and, and their aspirations and their dreams as well. So let me tick through very quickly, and I suspect you've had this, but I think it's important to, to be able to, uh, uh, to have you have it front of mind. Tick through, tick through the five areas that we're going to be working on where we come out with, with not just um, uh, notional uh, ideas on this, but, but real substantive items prior to the convention. Uh, so whether it's legislation, whether it's a white paper, whether it's a, a strategy for adoption, whatever it is, these five areas I think you'll, you'll recognize will be supported by the large majority of, of the American people. And if we're again able to have this be a policy debate, then we've got a chance. Uh, first is tax reform. Near and dear to many of your hearts, we've got the highest business tax rate in the industrialized world. You've heard it over and over again. If you're a small business, we've got a higher tax rate than that. Uh, and from an international tax standpoint, we punish American domiciled companies, do business overseas, make a buck. Uh, we punish them for bringing it back. Uh, that doesn't make any sense at all. We need a complete uh, uh, overhaul of the tax system. Um, uh, the Ways and Means Committee and the, and the task forces are working to come up with a strategy and a plan to do just that. And I'm excited about the kinds of conversations that we're having um, uh, with, with members and behind closed doors on this. Um, and and uh, Dave Camp, in, in the work that he did as chair of the Ways and Means Committee, was absolutely vital to, to lay the foundation for what needs to be done. Uh, but we are, we are expanding the, uh, the, oper the options of solutions being put forward uh, within our group right now. Uh, and, and I'm excited about the, the, uh, what, what is likely to be forthcoming, again, prior to the convention. So we'll have a plan that, that I think folks will be able to embrace. Second is health care, near and dear to my heart, clearly. Um, we're in this huge transition in, in healthcare right now that doesn't that isn't working. Uh, we got a lot of folks who gain coverage, but they don't have care because they're paying premiums that are a thousand bucks a month, and uh, their deductible is six or eight or ten thousand bucks, and they're making fifty thousand bucks. And when they look at the doc, when the doc says you, you need this, and how much does it cost? Oh, it costs a couple thousand dollars. Sorry, I can't do that. And so folks are literally walking out of doctor's offices today, will walk out of doctor's offices today, making decisions about their health care based upon solely their inability to be able to pay. And our system is not allowing them to be able to access the care that they need. That's a, a system that may work for government, it may work for others, but it certainly doesn't work for patients. And so we need to move in the direction of what I call patient-centered health care, which means uh, patients and families and doctors making medical decisions and nobody else. Um, there's a way to do it. We've been pushing our bill, as you know, to HR 2300 for years and years. Uh, the task force is embracing all sorts of wonderful ideas that uh, uh, it, it's not that, they're, that the, uh, the ideas that for solutions that, that have been out there have been infinite. You know the, the kinds of things that we're talking about, making certain that folks get covered, that they can afford the coverage, that, that care is accessible to them, um, and that, uh, that we're saving uh, significant resources and that we're doing so in a way that provides patients the kind of choices that they want and need to be able to decide who's taking care of them when and, and, and how and the like. So I'm excited about the, the, uh, the, the, the first draft and first cut that I've seen of the, of the uh, task force work that's been done. We've got another listening session uh, this afternoon uh, uh, to listen to members and, and uh, we'll be coming forward with, uh, with something that will unify us, I believe, as a House Republican Congress. Third is upward mobility. Something that uh, Paul has worked on for, for years and is so incredibly important. 
You all know this well, but uh, we've spent trillions of dollars in this country on, on the, the war on poverty over the last uh, 50 years. Uh, the, the rate of poverty, percent of population in poverty 50 years ago is essentially the same as it is right now. 14.8% in 1965, 14.7% right now. We have spent trillions and trillions of dollars, and we haven't moved the needle a bit. Um, any sane individual, any sober society, any reflective society would step back and say, what happened? Why have we not done better than that? Um, and what we've done is, as you know, is, is, is taught a lot of learned dependence. We've got a lot of folks who are dependent uh, on government, but we haven't encouraged and incentivized earned success. And that's what we believe we ought to be doing. We ought not be measuring the success of our poverty programs, our, our assistance programs, by how much money is going in. We ought to be measuring them by how many people get off the program and are able to lift up their sights and horizon and realize their dreams. And we simply have not done that. And so we've got to push hard and will, uh, uh, again, the, the, the task force work has been really enlightening, encouraging, and uplifting for folks who, who many of the, the people that I mentioned came here to help uh, their fellow uh, citizen uh, in their district and, and the opportunities uh, uh, available to them. So uh, we're moving forward uh, uh, in, a, in a very positive way there. Fourth is national security. Uh, some of you are in that space. Uh, this is a very dangerous world. Um, we, we are, we've, we've cut about $500 billion from, from the Pentagon over the last five years. We're projected to cut another $500 billion uh, over the next five years. Uh, that's a trillion dollars that I believe is, is moving in the wrong direction. Um, Yes, we need to get our spending under control. Yes, we need to get to make certain that we balance the budget. Yes, we need to make certain that we create an economic uh, uh, vibrancy that out there that, uh, that allows the economy to grow and all those good things. None of that can happen if we're not secure as a country. Uh, and, uh, and so we, uh, we, we're, we're pushing hard and, and uh, trying to get folks to appreciate and realize within our conference and across the country that 3% or less than 3% of GDP spent on, on defense is, is not enough in this dangerous time. In the early 60s, mid-60s, we were spending 6% of gross domestic product on defense. Now we're half of that and going in the, in the wrong direction. Um, and so we're going to try to make the case uh, that, uh, that it's incredibly important to expand what we're, being able, what, what we're able to allow the Pentagon and, and defense folks to do to, uh, to protect us. And then fifth and finally is, is what will ring true with many of you, I think, and that is uh, the Article I uh, project. For, through both Democratic and, and Republican administrations for a number of years, decades, um, the executive branch, the Article II branch, has been clawing away at the authority and constitutional responsibility of the Article I branch, the legislative branch. And, and that has resulted in a president now who says, uh, it doesn't make any difference to me what Congress does, I got a pen and a phone and I'll do whatever I want to do. Um, that, that language, that sense, that, that uh, message to the American people, which basically says, I don't need to worry about the Constitution, is destructive to our system of governance. Um, and so we believe that it's incredibly important to, to push back on that. The way to get that back, obviously, is as James Madison said, through the power of the purse, it runs right through the Budget Committee, right through the Appropriations Committee, um, and we've got to put some teeth into that. Um, and that's what the Article One uh, uh, group is working on, and I'm, I'm excited that we're that we're having that as one of the five pillars. Because when I go across the country, one of the huge frustrations that folks have, uh, and and things that have resulted in the kind of anger that you sense out there, is that Congress is is incapable or or uh, uh, not able to, uh, to to battle back and and appropriately assert its constitutional responsibility. So uh, I'm hopeful that that, uh, that that will move in that direction.
uh, in a big, big way and, and have that to be embraced as well. Uh, let me let me just uh, close with, um, with a bit on the budget committee and then happy to answer your questions. <laughs> we we uh, last year, as you know, put forward a budget. Uh, got agreement with this with the Senate on a budget that balanced within a 10-year period of time didn't, didn't raise taxes gets us on a path to paying off the debt lays out a vision for the next 10 years that will that will would solve the, the challenges that we face and agreed an agreement with the Senate for the first time in that way in 14 years so big big stuff a red letter date uh, it ought not be it ought, we ought to do that every single year but uh, it's a it's a red uh, it was a red letter date uh, this year has been a bit more of a challenge and for reasons that you know well, and that is an agreement that was reached last fall to bump up the discretionary number uh, for both uh, FY16 and 17. And we continue to have challenges trying to get our folks on board uh, to, uh, to support uh, a budget. I'm hopeful that we'll get there. Uh, I don't know that we'll get there, uh, but I'm hopeful that we'll get there. Uh, I do know that what needs to happen is that we need to move aggressively forward in the area of budget process reform. And the Budget Committee is, is, uh, is going to embrace that for the rest of this year uh, and, and put forward, uh, along with, uh, with the Senate, the Senate is moving in a little different direction, but uh, Senate Budget Committee that is, um, and, and put forward a, a rewrite of the 74 Budget Act. 74 Budget Act, we continue to, uh, uh, to budget under it at the federal level, written 42 years ago by folks who wanted to expand the, the reach and power of government and spend more money. We believe that the default of, of, uh, of our budgeting process uh, ought to be to spend less money, right-size government, decrease the, uh, the, the reach of the federal government. Um, and, and one of the ways to do that is with appropriate budget process reform. So I'm excited about it. We're, uh, it it's hard to, for, to get other folks excited about budget process reform, but you know you can't, can't raise the roof with it. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, uh, we're going to have a number of hearings over the next couple months um, and, and spend July and August working on a, a, a rewrite of the 74 Act. If you've got ideas about that, we'd love to, love to have them. And then finally, one, one last point, uh, Jim, and then, and then I'll, uh, I'll drone down too long. We, we do a, uh, a communication with the candidates who are running out there on a weekly basis. We'll start it uh, next month, I think, uh, through the auspices of the NRCC. So I talk literally live with every single candidate who wants to get on a call every single week to talk about what's going on here and how they should message and, and, and try to give them real-time information so that they on the ground, whether they're battling an incumbent Democrat or whether they've got an open seat, that they've got real-time information. If you've got ideas about what we can share with them in your sphere of influence or, or area of interest on, on messaging, on issues, uh, please get them to us. Uh, we're, we're happy to, uh, to relay that. Uh, it's a short call. It's about a 20-minute or 30-minute call, but it's always, they, they, when, when folks get here, they say one of the things that I appreciate is the, the message and the information that you gave me on a weekly basis. So um, if you've got ideas about that, we're happy to, uh, happy to include them in, in our uh, Conversation. So thank you so much for the work that you do. God bless you.